podcast informs listeners that the views, thoughts, and opinions expressed solely belong to the host and not necessarily to their employer or any other group of individuals. It is not a research report. It is not a recommendation to buy or sell any security. It is for informational purposes only and should not be construed otherwise. A globalized world means that uh, with globalization, a lot of companies that truly excel and the most uh, and the most excellent company in the world does not simply generate their revenues in one country, but on a hundred countries. The more global, the bigger, the better. Consider your trillion-dollar market cap companies abroad. Is Microsoft a U.S. company or is it a global company? Is Apple a U.S. company or a global company? Do the same question for Facebook, for companies like um, Amazon or Netflix. These companies generate a significant portion of their revenues and earnings not in a singular country but also in international space. And it should be noted that if the U.S. market, if the U.S. stock market are going new highs, it does not mean that USA is better or stronger or U.S. economy is stronger. Not necessarily because some companies are too global in nature that if China was decreasing, note that when China's GDP was having a slowdown, it was always mentioned in earnings calls of McDonald's, KFC Yum Brands, which um, KFC China has, um, Starbucks, of course, Apple, um, and several companies. So you'll notice that um, the $15 trillion of sidelined money who are in negative territory, the reason why you should continue to believe that the U.S. stock markets will prevail higher in the long run despite any volatility is because people will always flock to high-quality, predictable businesses. And that would go to companies with, which are providing that dividend cushion. Uh, because if you have really low interest rates, perhaps negative interest rates for some, negative yield for some bonds, for some countries' bonds, they would rather invest their money in Nestle, Kimberly-Clark, Unilever, Procter & Gamble, Hershey's, Coca-Cola. None of these businesses are growing 50% in terms of their revenues or their earnings. Their sales are about 2% growing, like McDonald's, 1% to 2% same-store sales growth. However, these companies are operating in 100 countries worldwide. They actually depict um, a global um, scenario. If global sales of Coca-Cola is still rising at 1% clip, that means that the world in general is still growing. It may grow faster in some parts of the world, but the world as a whole is growing. If a company like uh, Microsoft, 
is expanding their cloud du jour at a 50% clip. Or Alibaba's revenues in China growing 50%. And note that Alibaba is already the largest e-commerce platform in China. With um, I forget, but I, I used to I, I used to have that data in my um, notes, but it's um, I remember that Alibaba sales was 40 times more than Pintuotuo. Um and uh, it's it's well in the trillions in a single year trillion yuan. So if you have companies worldwide or countries, especially China and U.S. growing. The fact is the secular trends, just the fact that same-store sales growth of Starbucks in China is 17%, the highest growth um, that Howard Schultz has seen in the last um, 20 years that China, that Starbucks was there. You should note that uh, Schultz said that since 1999, they were in China, Starbucks was already in China, um, but sometimes being early in China when the country didn't know the meaning of uh, a coffee culture, when everyone could not afford a $5 cup of coffee, when three-in-one was what coffee meant. Uh, and just the fact that 20 years ago, the GDP per capita of China was just $200. Fast forward 20 years after, the GDP per capita of China is $8,800. It should not be such a... Um, rocket science for you to not see why if you're wealthy, you can afford a milk tea, you can afford a coffee. Of course, you can only afford Starbucks or a hot pot, Heidi Lau, although these are what you find like a $5 coffee is something that um, maybe an average person can, can have. That's not true. If, you're con if your country came from poverty, from rags strictly to riches and billions, we're talking about 1.4 billion people in China who's out of poverty. And that's a significant middle class that will drink your Starbucks, that will eat your McDonald's or your KFC chicken. And why Jollibee opening Dunkin' Donuts brands in China as a master franchisor is a huge impact over the long run. Over the long run. In fact, one of my bullish uh, thoughts would come from the fact that Dunkin' Brands will open 300 stores, sorry, no, not 300, it's 1,100 stores in China. That is the growth promise that coffee drinkers in China would give to Dunkin', Dunkin' Brands, and which will translate to a significant earnings boost for a small company like Jollibee. In the end, Jollibee is just a $5 billion company. You have to think of it in that term. Uh, whereas uh, the next largest is Dunkin' Brands, then Subway Doctors, Associates, Subways. Then you have Yum Brands, which is KFC, and you have the Behemoth, which is McDonald's. McDonald's is a $165 billion company. Uh, you have to think of companies in terms of market caps. That's one thing that I learned the hard way. Um, a company's size is important. It tells you the significance of that company. A $1 trillion company like a Microsoft versus a $10 billion company, which is Slack. 
blockages around the error in the realm of Microsoft LAN or viewpoint. Um, but it also shows you that your 10x types of companies would come from these $10 billion companies who could become $50 billion companies or $100 billion companies someday. Um, in fact, some companies, um, the reason for their ex astronomical growth was because they were, um, their market caps were undervalued in the beginning. Um, Starbucks is now more than $100 billion, but around 30 years ago, Starbucks was just less than $500 million. So literally, if you were buying Starbucks, even at $1 billion or $2 billion market cap, you'd have 50x your money by partnering with the best international expansion brand in the world. You don't see Nike as a company in the US. No, we're in the Philippines, I wear Nike. It's a global brand. Uniqlo may be made by Japan, or not necessarily because some Uniqlo are actually made in Vietnam or Cambodia, but Uniqlo is a global company. So is Sony. So is Nintendo. Take note that global companies are prized highly by the world. You don't look at fast retailing at 50 times multiple and say, the premium is warranted because blah, blah, blah. The premium is warranted because not only is the company executing well, but it's a global company. It's present in so many countries. It's the leader of its industry, even if the entire clothing industry, that sector has seen a lot of failures for other companies. When you're the leader eating market share from everyone else, everyone else such as Giordano, everyone else such as Esprit, who shops there? Nobody, they all go to Uniqlo. Um, stocks are real businesses, they are companies, and the best way to make money is to invest in them and study them with a business focus. Every person who ever became rich in the stock market did not, um, maybe they were great traders or, or what, but those are very few. A huge percentage of them were actually very great investors. And investing is really about buying a company and holding it as much as possible to forever. Let's assume that you were Warren Buffett. It was about 30 years old or about, I think, yeah, about 30 plus years old. Um, he was buying a billion dollars worth of Coca-Cola, 33% of his net worth, um, month in, month out. Within four years, Coca-Cola was already a quadruple, a 400% gain. He did not sell. Up until today, he still holds that $1 billion stake, which is, un by now I, I computed it, that $1 billion stake is $18 billion. Well, you could say that Warren Buffett should have probably shifted his Coca-Cola holdings to Starbucks holdings and made more money. But... <clears throat> The point is, he held a great company to as long as he could, and he got rewarded for it. How many of us can actually tell ourselves that 
we've held a company that we like. First and foremost, we might like a company, but we never even opened an account in the U.S. And opening an account in the U.S. is not saying that you're a uh, U.S. fan or whatever. No. Opening a U.S. account is just simply opening for yourselves a global account. Because you want exposure to the world's best companies, world's most excellent brands. And you can, if, if it's not the most excellent brand in the world in the Philippines, or in, let's assume you're an Indian or a Malaysian or an Australian, a lot of them, even the Canadians, not all of the best companies are in Canada. Do you know that one of the best companies in Canada, which is Shopify, is listed in the U.S.? It's listed. Shopify is in the U.S. It's not in Canada. Think of it. 